0: Hey everybody, thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning for me and Tuesday night for Danielle. How are you today?
1: I'm so excited to be with you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining. I'm so excited to have our first ever international episode. Danielle is joining us from Johannesburg, South Africa. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, Danielle. What do you do and um, help us understand a little bit about, about you and your life.
1: I think every person hates that question right tell me a little bit more about yourself Um, but I am an actress and entrepreneur here in South Africa and I have my own uh, acting Academy where we train up aspiring actors and performers for the industry and I'm a very proud adoptive mom and a wife Um, yes and and I try to to juggle it all
0: you got it. You're a champion. Um, everybody, I put her tag on her profile. Please go follow her. She's so cool. Um, share with us your background in acting, what got you started and then, and, uh, then I want to hear about your love story with your husband.
1: Um, so I used to sing, I started off singing from a very, very young age. It was my passion. I always wanted to do it. And when ever- I would go to a competition they would always be like you know what you should really go into acting because I used to just completely act out my songs right and I used to hate it because I always thought like listen people I'm here to sing listen to me don't tell me to act and um, yeah so after school I ended up finishing my acting degree and immediately started with my my debut when I the same day I actually graduated which was amazing because that doesn't really happen often and then it did a lot of local series and soapies and then just decided like I want to make Like training in the acting field more accessible I want more people to be able to chase their dreams and that's how I started Sadar Theatre Arts and Drama Academy and um, we've been able to help so many people in different rural communities to get involved in in the acting industry and I'm so proud of what we've been doing it's it's ten years old now and yours i'm so passionate about passionate about people and passionate about acting because i think like we can heal a nation by telling stories and sharing our stories
0: i 100 believe that that's why i love to do my destiny podcast just to have people share their experience with adoption and um get just get the word out there people always love to tell their story and to know that they are heard and loved so Um, let's start with your love story how did you meet your husband (laughs) um tell me about how you guys ended up together
1: so jp my husband he used to be my brother's best friend but i never knew him Uh, i was in a very long relationship and um he would always like pop in at my parents house and he would actually ask them like, "Listen, is Danielle around? Because I, I really want me to meet her." And I was busy studying in another town, so I was hardly ever at home. And eventually, when I broke up with with my boyfriend at that time, my brother was like, "Listen, you have to go on a date with my friend." And I wasn't very keen because I think as girls we don't necessarily want to date our brother's friends, you know. And eventually did go on a date with them. And I just fell head over heels in love with them, like in an instant. And everything else after that was history. And I was just completely sold.
0: You got married pretty young um, and (laughs) your story was phenomenal help us understand what kind of transition into your more recent years, help us understand what um, what circumstances brought you to considering adoption and, and what was your story like moving forward?
1: So when we got married, I think the first thing we, we wanted to do was fall pregnant. We really wanted a honeymoon baby. I think like there were so many things I've wanted to achieve in my life, but being a mom was the biggest. Of them all I had huge dreams and I chased all of them and most of them came true except becoming a mom and um, we really struggled with fertility never in my life could I have imagined that I would have struggled with fertility and um, we started trying for a baby very positive we were like no we're just gonna do this and boom it's gonna happen I'm gonna be pregnant and then after a year we were like okay we probably have to like see a doctor or something something's up and then we realized i had intense endometriosis so it was so bad that they had to almost like cut away my whole uterus and the doctor told me like if i ever do fall pregnant they would have to help me to keep the baby because it would just like literally break through it was so thin and that continued for eight years we never felt pregnant and but (laughs) Even before we knew that I couldn't have babies, we wanted to adopt and I was so excited when I met my husband because he was adopted and I thought to myself, you know, this is amazing because now I've finally met somebody that would be into adoption, you know, that, would, that wouldn't would mind and it was his heart and it was my heart to adopt, but we just never thought that adoption would be the first thing we did. We thought we'd have our own family and then we'll, have, we'll adopt after we had our own kids. And it just didn't work out that way. So four years ago, we decided we're going to jump into this adoption journey. And then we realized, like, it involves your whole family. It's not just you making this decision, like, everybody needs to be on board because they are going to be part of your, your child's life. And we decided to to adopt transracially. And in South Africa, it's been quite a, a challenge. So our family members, not well, not everybody, but a lot of our family members weren't very okay with the fact that we were going to adopt transracially. And we just completely paused the whole thing. And um, last year, December, we were, well, 2019 December, we were in Ireland and my husband said like, you know what, it doesn't matter. Like if we need to lose people that we love just to adopt, and, 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 you know, like change somebody's life and allow that baby to change our lives. Let's just do it. And we did it. So after being married for eight years, my absolute best friend, we finally have a baby of our own and we literally cannot be prouder.
0: That's so cool. And as we spoke yesterday, I realized how different the adoption process is. Um, outside of the United States in general, but every country has a different way. So, what were your what What did you do to move forward with um, the adoption process? And how did that go for you guys, especially after you made the decision?
1: So, after we made the decision, we were already like accepted and and ready to adopt because four years before we went through the whole process. So, when we finally decided, like this is what we're going to do. Um, they started the matching process and it happened quite fast. So in South Africa, we've got different provinces. It's almost like states, but they're not as big. So we adopted interprovincial. I don't know if this is going to make sense in America at all, but um, that really made the whole adoption a little bit more difficult because now we had to get our baby during lockdown in COVID from another province to our province and all of the roads were blocked and you had to get permits because of lockdown and not being able to get through, you know, out of your house and, um, isolating. And yes, then it took us about, we started the process in January. We got Zinzi in June.
0: Wow. That is so fast. A lot of, uh, birth families, at least in America, I'm not sure. You said that there's a waiting list for specific adoptions in South Africa, but in America, it's it's rare that it happens that quick. And you did you did a lot of work before you you finalized or you went through your adoption this time because you were already ready to to begin once you made the decision, right?
1: Yes, but I think if you have to start your adoption from scratch up to a match, you're looking like. More or less a year, depending on how fast you can pay your social worker or your agency. So obviously as soon as you can pay, like you, I think you have to have 10 interviews with your social worker and each interview costs money. So the quicker you can get those sessions behind you, the faster your matching process can begin in South Africa. Um, But we did those sessions before we started the matching process.
0: Okay. And explain to our viewers the difference between an agency and going private in South Africa and, um, and why you decided to do what you did.
1: So with an agency, they are actually financed by the government. So they get finance and they help adoptive families to adopt. It is very expensive, but, yeah, like we spoke yesterday, obviously it's not as expensive as in, in, in America. And um, I really didn't know much about the difference between a, social, a private social worker and an agency. So with us, the agency is a, a cheaper option. It might take a little bit longer, um, but we went for a private social worker because at that stage it was the only option that we knew uh, existed. And it, it turned out to be a lot more expensive um, but a little bit faster.
0: Yeah, that makes it's just so crazy that it's like so opposite <laughs> from here in the United States. but um, share with us some of your, your struggles or difficulties that you faced throughout the adoption you mentioned. Some people were against you adopting transracially. Well, and then you also mentioned that you if you could do it over again then you would do something different um
1: I think if I if I could do it over again we would have gone through an agency um sometimes I feel like I don't necessarily want to say this on air but here it goes so everybody listen up <laughs> but um, sometimes I feel like when we start paying more than what we should for adoptions we are actually Putting adoption in a in a wrong light, like it shouldn't be a money making thing. It should be easy and accessible for families to adopt. And if I knew that that taking a social worker would be more expensive than going through an agency, I would have much rather went through the agency. Um, and also to just support them because they do an incredible job. Um, In South Africa, it's different because we've got so many babies that don't have parents and it's actually so sad. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Moms will literally leave their babies on the streets or in public bathrooms. And, you know, we don't have enough adoptive parents for all the kids that are available.
0: Um, and as, as you mentioned that I'm going to just like let our our watchers be aware that for us in America, a private adoption, which is what you did is much more affordable than an agency adoption. So it's, it's very switched, but it's the same concept. Whereas there are adoption agencies who can be making a lot of money unethically with charging a lot of charging way high for the adoption. So um, that's the same as you and the social You know, privately rather than through the agency
1: it's exactly the same yeah it's, it's crazy how how much it differs in different countries
0: yeah i learned so much from our talk yesterday um share with me the emotions that you had to face and overcome when deciding to finally push through with the adoption it's never easy to to know that you you be making a decision that will affect your relationship with your family and friends. So how, how do you do that?
1: So that was kind of, I think that was the hardest part of our adoption. We knew that we wanted to adopt and it didn't really matter. Like we couldn't care less what the baby looked like. We just wanted a baby. Like we just wanted to change a life. And, um, so when we told my, 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 my mother-in-law, that we're going to adopt, we really thought that she would be cool with it because she adopted my husband, um, but as soon as she found out that it was a transracial adoption, she just completely cuts all connections with us, she didn't speak to us, she she actually said that it's a shame, we're bringing shame um, onto our family, ad- adopting transracially. And we were so shocked because we always knew that racism was big in South Africa, but we never realized that racism was so big in our families. Um, it took my personal family, like with five siblings, it took them a while to also just like be okay with the fact that we're going to adopt transracially, but in the four years that we prepped them, they really, like, I think they got used to the idea, but, um, yeah. So his mom wasn't very keen on it. And it was so sad because we it's like losing a mom. But then you also realize Zinzi will, I, I, I honestly feel Zinzi just changes people's perceptions. And the day when she meets Zinzi, finally, she will completely understand why we fell so madly in love with her.
0: And she's adorable. I looked through so many of you guys' pictures <laughs> over the last like 24 hours and <laughs> her smile like melts my heart it's amazing
1: sometimes I just want to like because we make reels we love it and she loves it and sometimes I just go through those reels and I'm just like oh I can't believe this is my baby
0: yeah and I've seen um, your social media really like boom and become I mean you're a prominent person in your community but being an adopted mom um, just adds a whole other layer to like social media that is like so beautiful. Have you seen what have been the effects of having social media like that? I know that you mentioned you've had some conversations and comments and what has that been like?
1: It's kind of crazy because we've got a lot of people from America that's following and a lot of people that not, they don't necessarily follow our story on Instagram, but they follow hashtags so they they end up on our page. And then (laughs) we get, like, Instagram trolls that bash us because we adopted her, for instance, and and saying, you know, adoption is this money-making thing. And then I I try to explain, like, it's different in every country. Like, I can't speak for other countries, but I do know in South Africa we don't have enough adoptive parents. And, like, we need to help these kids. And it's not necessarily trying to be a saviour to them, at all but the thing is it's it's rising to the occasion like there's a need and are you going to fill it or not? And we just decided like despite the fact that some people won't understand what we're doing and how we are doing our part in our community, we're just gonna do it anyway. But then we also have the most incredible people on our Instagram who just like, we've got the most beautiful messages and they, just, they, they are inspired to adopt as well And I think the beautiful thing is it's really bringing cultures together in our country, showing that like, it doesn't matter what race you are, like love has no color and, and it's not trying to be colorblind. It's completely accepting two different people, two different cultures and just blending it so beautifully. And, um, it's one of the reasons we named Zinzi, Zindy Harmony. Her second name is Harmony because it means a beautiful blending and and that's really our story It's just showing the world that like we can blend and we can get along and love shouldn't I don't know it shouldn't be governed by a color
0: I 100% agree with that and I was actually just gonna ask you to share the story behind naming Naming her so that was so cool um <laughs> a beautiful blending is, is so so precious in your family and and looking at your posts in your culture um i know that racism has a, a big part in the world but also you mentioned especially in south africa and in your family um what are what are some things that you want to prioritize teaching her as she grows up
1: like i think the last thing i ever want to do is to tell her to be colorblind like there's so many posts and blogs that i read and they're like you know, there's no color, we are one color and it doesn't matter. Like, I wanted to embrace the fact that we are different, but it doesn't mean like any of us are superior or inferior. We are the same, just different. And like, I just wanted to grow up embracing the differences and teaching her peers that, you know, you shouldn't, that shouldn't matter. And I have to say, I am, I'm a little bit afraid of what's going to come when she gets older. Because I can imagine like sending her to school um, you know having to deal with the fact that her mom and dad's white she's black um, we'll definitely have those questions um, and we are afraid of it but it's definitely stuff that me and my husband we discussed like we'll just lie in bed at night and be like how would we handle this question or what if she says that you know and um, even just deciding what school she goes to, we really need to be careful and we can't just put her in the school closest to our house, for instance. We really need to think like, will she feel like she's part of the community? Will she feel that there's other people that are similar to her?
0: Absolutely, that's very important and it's so cool that you guys are already talking about and making sure that those topics are um, made aware of and have opportunities to solve them before that they happen. That's awesome. Um, It's so cool that your husband has a background in being adopted. I mean, it's been a a rough, a rough story in the recent past with adopting Zinzi, but I hope that it all goes better. And my hope is to have him on our show here soon to have him share his story. Um, As we kind of wrap up, I want to hear any more trials or difficulties in the adoption process that you want others to be made aware of and what, what would be some advice that you would give them if they are looking for adopt?
1: I think the most difficult part is the waiting part. Like, even when you are ready to adopt and ready to be matched, it's just waiting. It's constantly waiting. And I think, like, use that time whether you're married or not, but, like, really spend time with your spouse because it's never going to be the same again. And I used to hate it when people told me that, like, when they're married and then they finally got kids and they're like, yo, we never have time for each other. And I would be like but you have a baby, like that's amazing. And then when we got Zinzi, I realized like those special moments alone in the waiting, like spend quality time together because it's going to be years until you have that again. So don't see the waiting process as something that's dragging or it's long, like rather find the joys in it and really spend time together. And also allow the adoption process for you and your partner to connect on a deeper level. And, and if you, you're going through this alone, make sure you get a really good like um, support system, because you are going to need it. And I always say like, you think your family will be different, but you just don't know what you you know, you don't know what you're in for until you are there. And it is absolutely incredible. But it's also really hard at times and, and you do get tired. and, and you know, sometimes you just feel like, how am I going to raise a powerful human being? And you you can, and you are capable, and you will do it the right way. Um, if I could give any advice in the adoption process itself, goodness. Because I have to be honest, I don't even know. Like, I wish I could give myself advice on that. I think just embrace every moment. Like, thinking back, I always wished like I wish this could happen I wish that could happen and there was this time when we got a call that we were matched I didn't even tell you about this yesterday but we were matched and then they phoned us like six hours later and they said no so the mom doesn't want to give a baby up to a, a wife husband team so it either has to be like two women that's together um, but she doesn't want a, a, a male in her child's life and so we will obviously like phoning everybody like, we matched, we matched, and we freaked out, we were so happy, I was crying. And then a few hours later they were like, sorry, you know, it fell through. And it it literally felt like, it literally felt like a miscarriage. It it was like, I don't know, in six hours, I don't know how you can fall in love with someone you don't even know, but you do. And when we finally got the call for Zinzi, I was so afraid to get excited about it because I was so scared that this was going to happen again so i also think like you just need to be open-minded every time the phone rings like be ready for whatever happens and and you know don't just jump into it emotionally because it hurts
0: yeah that's so hard um adoption really can break people's hearts and it's all well-intentioned people just want to be there to love and to help um I love what you said yesterday in our phone call about you being passionate about empowering women and helping them reach their potential and and achieve their dreams. Tell us a little bit about what you do for that and what principles you're going to apply in teaching Zinzi.
1: So I love love having workshops where we we sit with ladies and they'll come up with business ideas that they have and and we'll work out how are you going to achieve these dreams, you know, working out a business plan, step one, two, three, four, building a brand. And I think like that's what I want for Zinzi. I don't want her to think like you have to be done with school before you start dreaming big dreams or before you start chasing them. Like if you want to do something, do it now. Um, I also want to, I want to chase each and every dream of my own so that whenever I speak to her, I can be like, you know, I did not only dream about doing certain things, I just did it. And I want her to have have that passion in life, you know, like find something that you're passionate about and, and make it your job because then it really won't feel like a job at all. And um, I truly want her just to empower her peers. I, I truly feel she's. I always tell my husband, like my prayer for her is that she will run through this nation like fire and she will just change perceptions wherever she comes. And she's been doing it from a very, very young age, literally just by smiling and just being, um, we'll walk in a mall and people will look at us like, what's going on here? Like, why does the mom and dad look like that? And the baby looks like that. And she would just like smile and her eyes just lights up and in an instant, you can see how the whole idea of our family changes just by the way she looks at them. And I believe that's what she's going to do for the rest of her life. She's just going to like be sunlight.
0: I love that. And it's like so true because when you were mentioning your daughter smiling at everybody, I was imagining that she was like a couple years old. And then I looked at your Instagram and she's so little, but her smile is just like, so enlightening to everybody. I love that you said that she should run through the nation like fire. That's so cool.
1: That's my favorite. Um, Every day, like when she wakes up, I'm like, Zinzi, are you ready to run through this nation like fire?
0: <laughs> that is so cute. Um, everybody, thanks for watching. Danielle is amazing. Please go follow her. Um, her page is so adorable. And um, I love what she's doing for her community and for the adoption community as well. As we close, can you share a quick testimony on how adoption has blessed your life? And then we'll close, then we'll end.
1: I think goodness sometimes I just even feel emotional to think about how amazing life turned out to be. We all make these different plans and we all think we know what's best for us, but somehow everything happens at the right time. And, and that that's what adoption did for us. Like, when we least expected it, Cindy came into our lives and she changed everything, everything about us. She showed us how to love unconditionally. She taught us that life is worth so much more than what you could ever have imagined. And if I had to adopt again, I promise you I would. Like if, if I have the opportunity to adopt again, I'll do it in a heartbeat. She completely changed our lives for the good and life will never, ever, ever be the same again. So yes, our, our routines are different now. We don't sleep till 10am in the morning anymore on weekends, we're up and making porridge and trying to figure out how to entertain an eight month old, but that's the joys of it. And it's also really brought me and my husband together to see how he's been a father to Zinzi. And really guys, if you're listening to this, women fall madly in love with you if you're a good good father. It's like the biggest turn on ever. And you know, it's just adoption has changed our lives.
0: I love that. Thanks so much. Um, (laughs) I like just hearing all these stories. I want to go back and look at all your videos and stuff of her. She's so cute. I'm so happy (laughs) for you guys. You're getting what you deserve. You really are. Um, she's amazing and you've worked so hard and you've waited so long to be a mom. So I'm so happy for you.
1: Thank you so much. And to each and every mom that's waiting, like don't feel like you're not a mom yet. Sometimes you're a mom to people you don't even realize. And I promise you everybody has their time to be a mom and to rise to the occasion. And when you do, you're going to be great at it.
0: Amen. Danielle Steinbart from Johannesburg, South Africa. Thanks for joining us. You are amazing. Thanks for being our first international de- guest on my destiny.
1: Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I can't wait to see you again.
0: Of course. We'll have you on when you do your next adoption as well. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, everybody, until next week, thanks for joining us. Um, Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.